So I just want to, uh, before I have a prayer, just want to point out in our collect, I was really touched at the 8 o'clock service. Um, we have some members that are really, really struggling right now um, with health issues. And it says, O oh Lord, with great might come among us as we are sorely hindered by sins and from running the race that is set before us. It can be a hard race, can't it, sometimes? So let's open um, with prayer. Lord God, um, come and enter in and be our Emmanuel, um, be our Jesus, our Savior, and um, help us navigate um, both the joys and sorrows of this world and, and all the relationships that you have placed in us and for us and through us. Uh, may you bless them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, I am uh, also get to the gift of preaching on uh, Christmas Eve, which means that with today's gospel um, from Matthew and, and then the gospel from Luke on Christmas Eve, I get both of the birth narratives, and I'm going to say a little bit more about what those are. Uh, it's really it's full of stories you can get if you read all of those. And so with that thinking, I was looking for a beginning of, of how to start and I want to share an encounter I had a couple of weeks ago um, with um, an acquaintance of mine. I wouldn't necessarily call him a friend. Um, I don't know anybody in his family's name. I know him. Um, and he doesn't know any of my family. So we are acquaintances, and maybe one day we'll, we'll be friends. But um, I saw him, and um, he said to me, how was Thanksgiving? You know, an entry, a, an invitation. Um, and, you know, I thought, well, I had a little time. I thought, well, I could say, you know, Turkey was good, you know, and picked it up at, you know, in Conecuh, and, you know, kids are fine. Um, but I didn't. I, I said, well, um, you know, it, it, was, it was nice. I got to go visit my, my, uh, my family. I've got some kids that moved to Atlanta. And, and he says, um, Robert, um, is everything always good with you? Is that what I project? <laughs> you know? And so I just stopped. I said, you really want to know? <laughs> and I said, no, it's life's hard. I have joy. I have joy because, um, and he knows this. Not only am I a minister, he's been to church before. And so I have joy because of the Lord. And, and that joy covers all my grief. But no, life's been hard, man. You know, I've had death in my family and broken relationships, and, um, and I just shared a few of that, and, and um, I, he's a little cynical, and um, I think he might have just had a really bad day, maybe a bad week. He might have been having a really bad season, and he just, he just needed to just say something to somebody, um, but um, he thanked me. He said, thanks. I, I, I didn't know that. You know, what I really wanted to say you know, was, well, if you'd come in here and get to know me, you'd know that, but I didn't. That's for another time. And, and I pray for that time. I pray because I care deeply about people. Um, so the reason I say that is because what I didn't tell him was the day before I just returned from a funeral of a really dear friend. And, and we gathered, all of those friends gathered. And that group that gathered um, well, there's a lot of brokenness, and we gather, when we do gather, we navigate that. It's hard. And, uh, and what I didn't tell him was that this time of year, like many of our families, um, just kind of highlights 
the brokenness and, and separation in our own families. Um, and it's a hard time and year after year. And I didn't go into that. And what I didn't tell him was within relationship with you, both our eight and our 10 and just this whole congregational family thing, there's pain and there's suffering. And we gather to worship um, so that we can um, be strengthened and encourage one another and find hope in the midst of all this. That's what I didn't tell him yet. Um, so as I, I read Matthew's gospel, um, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Um, no, no context, really, unless you read the whole thing. There was a lot going on um, that they didn't say that you might not get if you don't read Luke's version of this, or if you don't even remember the words of Isaiah um, that we read today, that a virgin will give birth to a son. I mean, there's a lot here. And so if we just say, well, the birth took place this way, um, is it the beginning? Or is it somewhere in the midst of this world we live in? Um, let, me, let me give one more prologue. And, and I... I believe this. If you would take the time to read Matthew chapter 1, starting verse 18, and read to the end of chapter 2, and then read all of chapter 1, 2, and 3 of Luke, read it again. And you might even want to at this time add the first verses of Matthew and see the genealogy and all the just really messy people in that genealogy. Um, and read it again. And then maybe talk with your family members, your friends, and pray about it. Um, you don't need to listen to anything else I have to say. Because it'll, it'll, the Spirit will begin to show you that there's a lot to this story. Um, I, um, that, that's been on my mind. And, and as fate would have it, I, Ruth and I were talking about some of the things they teach in Godly Play. And, and they tell all the stories in there. I mean, I think today one of the classes is talking about the slaughter of the innocents. That's a tough story. Um, and, and I say this because, um, you know, we hear of, of the encounter with Joseph and Mary's betrothed husband, and there's a lot right there, is there not? There's a lot going on in Joseph, who probably knew the story about Ahaz. Um, and he maybe not knew the story of, of Luke and all that stuff, but he was in it. He didn't know what was coming yet, but he was in it. So whether you read Matthew or Luke, um, hear this. And I want to just go a little bit sideways here. Take notice when there's a birth. And I say that because bearing a child and, and giving birth is a beautiful and wondrous thing. Birth is also filled with huge risk. And I, I can say this only as a father, not as one who's experienced it personally. Um, it's about anxious waiting, emotional struggles, um, long days and nights of asking, how am I doing? How's this child doing? Um, it often brings great joy, um, yet it can bring heart-wrenching sadness, unexpected challenges. Birth brings lifelong commitment, both joy and sorrow, Hope and grief are wrapped up in birth, and the birth of Jesus is no exception. The Reverend David Taylor, um, a husband and father, uh, an artist and theologian, 
wrote of his concern of how the church has sanitized the birth of Jesus. And this article came to me um, this week. I, it's, it's an old article, actually, a couple of years old, I believe. Um, and listen to what he said. He said, one of the great failures of the modern church is the way that we have allowed the birth narratives to become sanitized, leaving us largely unchanged and unbothered when they should instead disturb and demand something of us. That's in the context of a lot of stuff that, that kind of, maybe if you didn't really understand it, kind of unpacks it. But, but what he's saying is this stuff is messy, guys. And it's not just about a sweet little birth with no problems. You know, we, uh, we X'd out away in the manger for Christmas Eve. You know, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Give me a break. <laughs> you know, sweet him, you know. Um, but, you know, so when we read the entire corpus of scriptures from Matthew and Luke around the birth of Jesus Christ, and what we read and see is God coming into a world in turmoil, a world that's in frantic movement, a world with as much pain and suffering and hope and joy as our own today, or for that matter, every generation, really. This is what our children, as I mentioned, are hearing in godly play this morning. And um, I'll just tell you just a little story. Most Sundays when we get home, um, Ruth will say, how did church go? Because she's back there. And I get about three words out before she says, let me tell you what the children said in godly play. And it's usually much more profound than what we say. But one of the children had seen the art of, and I, you're not going to be able to see it. I'm just going to show you that, that there is art. Um, they're using some really Renaissance-type art for the children to learn some of the backstories of these stories. And this is the Massacre of the Innocents, which not all the children are learning yet, parents, but some of them are, and probably most of them are going to hear a little bit about it. And one of the um, students was looking at this picture, which Ruth had not gotten to ready, was not ready to teach yet, and was just going... And it's a, it shows the Romans pulling children away from their parents. And so Ruth took the time to explain to this child. And she says, I hate Herod. <laughs> Appropriate response. Um, it wasn't Ruth's place to say, oh, no, God loves everybody. No, I hate Herod. And as she grows older and begins to embrace these stories. They'll start making more sense to her. She'll be able to apply it to her own struggles and pain and suffering. Um, and I'm thankful that our children are learning um, as much of the story, not just the sweet parts. So um, Jesus was not born into a sanitized world, but the world of Herod's, the world of hurt and sickness, he was born into a world, our world, and we are a mess at best, are we not? We rejoice and we hurt. We sing songs of praise and we cry songs of lament, do we not? We are kind and we're unforgiving. We give and then we take away. We do as aging Paul said in the latter part of his life, he confessed, really, 
the very thing that I don't want to do, I do. And the very good I want to do, I do not do. Um, So we then hear the words of the angel speaking into this. Joseph, son of David. That's like saying, Jim, child of God, part of my plan when he called him son of David. Probably also referred to the fact that he was going to have to go to Bethlehem for the census if he was the son of David. Maybe, I don't know. But then he said, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That is mind-boggling. Not that which is conceived is from the Father, that which is conceived is from the Son, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. We could stop right there. What is that about? What is that metaphor for us, the church? place where God dwells and is conceived. She will bear a son, the angel said, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their mess, from their sins. And what a mess Joseph and Mary were in, were they not? Um, Unexpected pregnancies, Joseph, a call for divorce by his faithfulness to the law, the world in turmoil as they were about to be displaced due to the census. Son of David means Bethlehem, Joseph. Um, And if we keep on reading Matthew, it gets even harder. Joseph, what to do for your family? Read the rest of Matthew. Herod, flee, flee into Egypt he had to. How long he stayed there? I don't know. How long was he in Bethlehem? How did he provide? There is so much unwritten there. Um, Joseph, what to do for your family? Another quote from David Taylor. God announces the arrival of his beloved son to a people for whom the good news almost immediately turns to bad or unpredictable or simply signals a return to the difficult and tedious conditions of their life. This baby born... Didn't fix anything yet, did it? Just had a word. Things do not turn out as people thought they would. You see, God, and here's the gospel. God offers hope instead of good cheer. In the face of personal disappointments and systemic evil, systemic evil, God offers hope. Not cheer up. God grants joy rather than happiness. Because you see, joy can account for suffering and happiness cannot. God draws his people into a kind of love, a kind of love that bears all things, including death and loss of privileges, so that the faithful might become agents of this kind of peace that Jesus exhibits in his birth and his life and his death and resurrection and ascension. Now, get me wrong, I love Christmas. I really do. Um, Yet I've come to find out uh, that the comfort is not in Santa. And as much as I love my family and as messed up as we are, um, my comfort comes in the promise that God has come among us and he's Emmanuel. Um, I'm learning to weep and laugh and cry during this season 
I'm learning to say to you, it's not all pretty when we gather as a family. I'm learning to see the excitement in the little children's eyes as the thought of Santa. That's just beautiful, isn't it? But I also know that as they grow up, Santa's not going to get rid of any of their deepest needs or meet it or face it or address it. But Emmanuel, God with us, will. Can we hear at Church of the Apostles challenge ourselves to be a little bit disturbed about what's going on in the world? Well, maybe a lot of disturbed. And let's put Emmanuel, our faith, the one who comes to save Ahmed. You know, Mark said over and over last week, and if you weren't here, you're welcome to go listen to his message. God is doing so much more in your life, I believe it, in our sicknesses, he's doing so much more. Coda, children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, don't fear to just embrace this Jesus and invite that King of glory into your life. Amen.